Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is a great joy to be here with you to be able to celebrate what God is doing and how God is continuing to move in and through us, the church, in and through us, the people of God sent into the world to share the good news that Jesus is here, that we have life in him, and we have new life and forgiveness from sins, and all of that comes in the form of this baby at Christmas time, and it is so awesome to be here with you. Uh, if you are new here, I'm excited that you are with us. Thank you for joining us, for taking a bit of time out of your day, whether you're joining us in person or online. We just give thanks that you're here with us and that you're celebrating what God is doing uh, with us. And, and we want to invite you to, to be a part of this community because we recognize we're not perfect, but we know the one who is, and that's Jesus Christ. And I want to invite you on a journey with us to grow in relationship with God, to grow in relationship with one another so that we can be the people that God wants us to be, so that we can experience the gift of Jesus. Jesus Christ, so that we can have the hope and joy that Christ offers to each and every one of us, especially during this season of Advent, this Christmas season, that we can prepare our hearts, uh, prepare a space for God in us so that we can cultivate that light and the hope that we receive at Christmas time. Uh, I love Christmas time. It is one of my favorite seasons. Uh, two favorite seasons. One is Easter, and a close second is Christmas. Uh, but the season of Christmas is so much more fun. There's there's lights, there's presents, there's music, there's an atmosphere, a feeling in the air. Uh, I love the way that people interact with one another around Christmas time. As long as they're not shopping, when you run into people shopping, they can be pretty grumpy. But for the most part. Uh, people are overjoyed. Uh, I love watching lights go up on houses. We put Christmas lights on the church building, and it's so awesome to be able to see that. We have, uh, we have people that are super excited about the interior being transformed uh, of, of this building so that it can be more Christmassy. We have the scene behind us, which shows just how seriously we're taking uh, the decorating. But we also have outside, uh, you know, we, we've got a brand new... Uh, uh, brand new nativity that we're putting up outside. And so it, it's just awesome because I'm enjoying the whole season. Uh, it gives this new feeling of hope that we can embrace. And after the past couple of years, man, it's nice to have this excitement that I feel in the air. And, and maybe it was just me the whole time. Uh, but for the first couple of years, it was, it was, it's been a rough two years. Uh, I, I personally have, have, have wrestled with being depressed and discouraged with having my life derailed. I, I felt alone. I, I have questioned humanity and, and the direction that we're headed, and, and I've wondered, where is God in all of this, and why is God not showing up in a powerful way? Think of how great that would be, God, if you just showed up and made a, a huge statement. And I know I'm not alone in this. I know that I have struggled with this and, and that others have as well. And, and we can see this even today when we're worried about a new variant that's coming uh, out from COVID. Uh, and, and we have all of these, these news stories that paint horrible pictures, school shootings, people being crushed to death at concerts, things that are going on in this world. And we're just like, God, where are you? 
It's Christmas time. Show up a little bit, please, Lord. And we hear the words of Jesus, and they can make us struggle even more. Jesus says this, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And we hear that, and we can respond by saying, man, that's easy for you to say, Jesus. You were able to live that out, but how are we supposed to live that out? We, we worry every single day. We worry about things that haven't even been invented yet now, and, and worry seems to be top on our priority list. And uh, this year, this is why we're going to take a look in God's Word about fear not statements. We're going to be looking at fear not. That's our, our, our worship series for the season of Advent is fear not because I believe that fear is one of the things that is motivating us now. A fear of the unknown, a fear of uncertainty, a fear of the future, a fear of so many things that are, that are seeping in and robbing us of the hope that we have in Jesus. And my, my hope is that over the course of these next few weeks, that as we prepare our hearts and our minds for Jesus' birth, for the hope of the world coming into the world, that we can get a bit of that Christmas light back into our lives, that we can kindle the spark of hope, that we can fan the flames of excitement and we can be the people that God wants us to be excited as if Christ is coming for the first time into our lives and, and, and we, can, uh, we can lean into that love and hope, that relationship that Christ offers us and, and, and kindle that flame so that we can come ablaze for Jesus Christ. And, and the truth is, if you're struggling out there just like I am, that, that we're not the first ones to struggle. We're not the first ones to turn and say, God, where are you? God, help us in this situation. God, give us a little sign of your hope, a little promise of hope to come, something to, to encourage us and, and give us enough energy or strength to make it through the difficult times. Uh, we're going to start by taking a look at a couple of prophets from the Old Testament. The first is the prophet Jeremiah, uh, and he was a prophet during the time of, of cataclysmic catastrophe in Jerusalem. Uh, the people have been, uh, have been doing wrong in the eyes of God, and God tells Jeremiah, hey, I want you to be my prophet. I want you to go, and I want you to not be afraid. I want you to tell everyone that they are doing wrong and bad things are about to happen. And Jeremiah uh, first starts with excuses. He's like, I'm too young. I'm not able to do the things that you want me to. I'm afraid of the people and how they will respond to the message that you want me to give. And God tells him, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you. And Jeremiah took that seriously. Jeremiah said, okay, you're here, you're with me, you're going to keep me safe, and so I will do what you want me to do. And so he began by sharing that ungood news uh, that you have done evil in the sight of the Lord, and payment 
is coming. God is withdrawing his protection of the holy city, Jerusalem, and that Jerusalem will fall to the Babylonians. And the kings and the rulers and the people will be carted off into exile. And, and, and the king of Babylon himself, Nebuchadnezzar, will come in and take the gold, plunder the gold and the silver from the temple itself and carry it off to Babylon. Now you can imagine this wasn't a popular, a popular message Uh, The people weren't excited about it, and the kings were definitely not excited about it. And while Jerusalem was under siege from the Babylonians, so they they have surrounded the the city of Jerusalem and cut it off from all help, and, and they are awaiting Jerusalem's surrender, they actually arrest, they arrest Jeremiah. And this is what it says. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the 10th year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, which was the 18th year of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. The army of the king of Babylon was then besieging Jerusalem, and Jeremiah the prophet was confined in the courtyard of the guard in the royal palace of Judah. So, His message is so unpopular that the king just puts him under arrest. The city is falling. They are surrounded by the the armies of Babylon. The the king is expecting God to do something, and and Jeremiah knows what God is going to do. He's going to hand Jerusalem over to Babylon so that they can be punished, so that they can actually he's handing them over because their actions have caused God to back away and remove his protection. And so he's under arrest. The city is falling. What does Jeremiah decide to do? This is one of my favorite pictures in all of of scripture. He makes the worst real estate investment of all time. Jeremiah decides in that moment, he's going to go and buy a piece of land from his cousin, uh, a field in Anathoth. And, and his, his, his reasoning is this, because God told him to, because it paints a picture that the people will come back, that although bad things are about to happen, and, and you guys could have avoided it, but you kept doing the bad things, and now God is saying, hey, it's out of my hands. I'm not going to protect you because you need to, to, to have some realization of what you've done wrong. And so Jeremiah decides in that moment, yes, God, I'll go and I will invest some money in a field that I will never, ever see. That's the the truth of it. He's buying a field while he's in prison in the court, and he knows that Jerusalem is going to fall and he's going to be carted off into exile. God has made that clear. And so he buys this to offer hope, not just to himself, but to the future. Actually, it says this in Jeremiah, "In in their presence, I gave Baruch these instructions. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says, take these documents, both the sealed and the unsealed copies of the deed of purchase and put them in a clay jar so that they will last a long time because we're going to need them to last a long time for this is what the lord almighty uh, this this is what the lord almighty the god of israel says houses fields and vineyards will again be bought in the land 
Uh, and, and he's talking about the land of Israel and the land of Judah and the land of Jerusalem. Houses and fields and vineyards will again be bought. This is fear not being lived out. This is people taking seriously, Jeremiah in particular, that, that God is with him and God will protect him and keep him safe and that he is ultimately, regardless of how things turn out, he is ultimately in the presence of God. And the truth is this, even in the deepest darkness, there is a thrill of hope. Just like that song says, there is a thrill of hope, a thrill of hope, a promise that God is with us, that God is going to continue being with us even when things aren't going well, even when we're surrounded by a global pandemic, even when we have people questioning science and, 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 and wondering what the future holds, even when people are afraid of how the country is being run, even when people are fearful of how things are going. God is with us, and God promises that and delivers on it. Actually, there's another prophet named Isaiah, uh, and Isaiah is in a similar situation. He, he is uh, one of the prophets that has gone to say, hey, things are about to get bad. I know that we're going to be carted off into exile. Exile is coming, but all is not lost. He had the, the insight from God to understand that God was doing something, that the brokenness and the bad times that are happening aren't going to last forever, but that God is going to do a new thing, something that changes everything. And that something is, is one of those things that can truly spark joy in our lives and, and encourage us to become the people that God wants and, and give us hope even in the darkness. Because Isaiah saw the coming of Jesus. He didn't know his name. He just knew his purpose, that God would be with us. And, and we look to Isaiah to, to give us some of, the, uh, some of the beautiful poetic language that prepares us for Jesus. Actually, in the ninth chapter of Isaiah, verses one through seven, it says this, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nations and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoiced at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressors, every warrior's boot used in battle, every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For unto us, for to us, a child is born to us, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, 
mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of peace, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Isaiah saw a time that was coming, a hope in a future kingdom where God himself would be the ruler over his people, where God would once again be with his people and the hope of, of an everlasting kingdom, not, not the way that we envision kingdoms lasting, but an everlasting kingdom where we serve King Jesus, the Messiah. That is who his hope was in. He didn't know a name, but he knew the purpose. And the purpose was to restore and rebuild the kingdom of God and to initiate that kingdom here on earth so that people could come into relationship, so that people could be encouraged by the hope that is Jesus Christ. And Isaiah finishes it with this, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God is telling the folks in, in the Old Testament that are experiencing the worst situation ever. They're about to be uh, carted off, invaded and carted off into exile, into a different country. And God is saying, I have for you hope. Not in this moment, but hope in a kingdom that is to come. And the truth is this, God's statement to Isaiah of hope is a statement that is available to each and every one of us, to us as well, because God wants us to have that hope in Jesus, because we know that, that Jesus has come into the world, and, and in this season of Advent, we prepare our hearts and our minds for God's presence, but we have to rekindle, we have to open ourselves up, we have to be available to God so that we can allow God to do a work in us. We need to rekindle the thrill of hope that Jesus offers to each and every one of us. We need to rekindle the promise and the possibility of life in Jesus Christ. We need to get excited for Jesus because Jesus has done a powerful work in the world and the kingdom of God is here right now in our midst. God is calling us into relationship. And, and so when we sit and look at the news, and when we struggle with all of the things that we're seeing, when our hearts are burdened by fear, let us hear those words, fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, because I am doing a new thing. Fear not, because I have hope in you, God says. And I will do a work in and through you. Allow that hope to take root. Allow that thrill to take root. And allow our focus to be on the promises of God and not the problems of this world. 
Because we can be weighed down. We can be trapped by the brokenness of this world. We can become hyper-focused on all of the bad news stories that we read. We can become hyper-focused on all of the bad news that we hear. We can become hyper-focused on the bad things that are going on in the world instead of looking at the promise of God that I am doing a new thing and that you can join me in it. As a matter of fact, you can be made new in it. That's the gift of Jesus Christ. The greatest gift ever given is the gift of Jesus Christ. The first Christmas gift that Jesus has come into the world so that we may have new life in him, so that we can experience life maybe for the very first time. So as the season as the season of Christmas begins, as the season of Christmas rolls in and we see Christmas lights going up in neighborhoods and we see uh, Christmas songs on the radios and we see Christmas programming, uh, especially the Christmas Hallmark programming that's been going on for a while, as we see all of these things, let it spark in us a thrill of hope. Let us kindle that thrill of hope into a possibility of our inclusion in that hope so that we can recognize that God is calling us to something greater than the brokenness of this world, that we can recognize that we can be a part of that something greater right now in the midst of the brokenness of this world because God's great light shines brightest when it is darkest around us. And so we can hold on to that light of God, that light of Christmas, that light of hope, and let it do a work in and through us. Let it transform us from the inside out so that we can truly believe that we can fear not, for God is with us. The gift we have at Christmas is the gift of Emmanuel, God with us. No longer do we wonder at a distance where God is and why God isn't moving. Now we can know that God is right there with us in the midst of the brokenness, that God is lifting us up and carrying us when we cannot walk on our own, and that God is encouraging us and inspiring us with the hope that he offers in Jesus Christ. Fear not, for God is with us. Let's pray. Gracious and almighty God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of Jesus Christ, for the gift and the hope that we have in Christmas, the, the promise of your life, death, and resurrection, of you coming in the form of a baby to be one of us, to be one with us, to do life with us, to experience hurt and heartache with us, alongside us, and to inspire us through a life well lived, to inspire us to live into that hope and that life by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit. So God, pour your Holy Spirit out upon us that we can experience your life and your hope in this moment that we can experience the gift of Jesus Christ right here and right now as we prepare for the Christmas season, that we would prepare our hearts 
so that we would have room in our hearts for your great love and your great compassion for the grace that you offer to each and every one of us. Father, help us in this moment. And if, if there is someone that is hearing this message from you, I just pray that you would open their hearts and their minds if they are far from you. Let them know that you are right there with them, that you are God with us, and that you desire relationship, and you're not sitting there checking off all of the bad things they're doing, but instead offering grace and hope and peace. And so God, together we pray that you would be with us, that you would be part of our lives, that you would inspire us, and that you would prepare us to be the people that you want us to be to be your hands and your feet so that during this season of Christmas, excited by the hope and possibility of you, that we can be more like you, sharing your love and grace, inspiring others to seek your face. Help us to be all that you have in mind for us. We pray this now and forever in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus Christ. And all of us agreed and said, Amen.